wanna go down to the deep end and get back what's gone round and you've been keeping down the aisles between the rows. Once again, Movie Mayhem Podcast, your boys, Matt, Brian, and uh, we decided to review a movie for our movie review podcast. That's today. right. We're continuing with Adventurers August. It, yeah. it may be September now. Yeah. Could be. Who knows? We're going to keep the adventure thing going until we get to our next theme month. Well, which... adventures are, are like my favorite, almost, I'd say it's my favorite genre of movie. It's maybe my second, second favorite, like comedy, yeah. adventure. Sure. But then again, comedy is like a, a blended thing. It's like a... It's a mixer. And I think a good adventure, you know, should have its funny should moments, Should have a bit too. of comedy, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know what had a bit of comedy? What's that? I don't remember. Well. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> We're just having an existential crisis so, right when now. When you think of an adventure movie, what's the movie that comes to mind? Um, for me, because I'm a little bit older than you, yeah. uh, my first taste of adventure would be like an Indiana Jones. Right. A James, oh. Bo- a James Bond kind of. I can see it. Someone where like there's a, a strong, square jaw leading man who kind of takes charge even though he's a bit of a goof a bit of a doofus and there's a there's a female character who is not just arm candy but she's actually has a brain she's actually in the action she's not like my big boyhood crush right off the bat like two off the bat right away is mary ravenwood from indiana jones and the last crusade uh sorry Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, I was about to say. The yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Look, I just ate my first bit of food today. Okay? Uh, but And also, uh, Gadget from Chip and J- Dale's Rescue Rangers. Wow. Yeah, because that's an adventure, that's too. That's an adventure. <laughs> that's an adventure. But yeah, like, it's always someone who's who's in it, who's trying to get, maybe they have, like, their own goals yeah. to accomplish. So what about what about you? I know you, you grew up in the 90s, so right. much well, different. The thing is, the 90s version of... The Indiana Jones Adventure. I think the movie that encapsulates everything we love about Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. Indiana is, uh, Jones. <laughs> is 1999. Arguably the best movie, the best year in, in movie making. After research, yes. Yeah, very well <laughs> they could be. be. Is, uh, is The Mummy. The mu- uh, Stephen Summers' The Mummy. I think it's the spiritual successor to the Indiana Jones franchise, even though Indiana Jones kept making movies I way th- after that. I think it would be a perfect, like, in between piece because I think the Indiana Jones movies like kind of alluded to this magical mystical world like el- like that laid like okay well maybe it's not the Ark of the Covenant or the the stones of wherever like that really racist place and, <laughs> and then like and then the uh, the the yeah the, uh, the 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 goblet of the fountain of youth or whatever the, the Holy Grail the Holy Grail yeah. yeah but I think like the mummy like, Indiana Jones would fuck up a mummy. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Indiana Jones would, would totally would, uh, he <laughs> he would he would whip a mummy's head off. Hell yeah, you know he would lasso a mummy's head off. And, and but I think a lot of what we love about Indiana Jones, I think Brendan Fraser is able to really bring to the table he, with uh, yeah. Rick O'Connell. Rick O'Connell, what a G. What an what an OG. What an OG. Right I mean, there. the movie starts off right with. Um, with I guess these, 
the Magi. The Magi, yeah. The, these defenders of uh, Hamanaptra, the the city of the of the dead of the dead, and they are like staging a full fledged assault on these uh, troops. I guess they're American they're, troops. They are. It's an. It's not troops. It's an expedition. An expedition. It's it's like they're grave robbing. They're, yeah. But it's like some. I think a, like a rich person paid for it, but they hired like. You know, locals and other like people out there looking for job, like work, and then Rick O'Connell and his and Benny, his buddy Benny, his buddy Benny, and it's just like yeah, they're scoundrels. They're they're they're. Um, I don't want to keep on going back to it, but they're they're, they're rogues. rogues. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the movie starts with Benny uh, immediately establishing his character as a coward and runs right. away right away, and betrays O'Connell. Yes, and then establishes O'Connell as an absolute badass as he without prejudice, murders, like, Just scores a... of Middle Eastern men. And... <laughs> Foreshadowing to the yeah. 2000s. <laughs> it was 1999. It was on the right cusp. Right on the cusp. We knew what was going to happen. Oh, oh God. Um, but no, he, he, you know, he's whipping out two guns. He's you know, going he's, down to his last bullet. He's throwing people yeah. off their horses. There's no quit in him. It's, it's simple character building. Yeah. Where it's like, you can show a character running away, and you're like, that guy's a coward. And then you could show a guy who, he did not take one single punch, he did not take one cut to the face, he did not take one, like, you know, quip. It was just him, wild-eyed, shooting everything, and just like, fuck it, keep going, fuck it, keep going. Yeah. And then it's like, I think he kicked somebody, he's like, ah, fuck I, I it. I think he knocked someone off a horse. Right. Like, he did anything he could to survive. And it's cool, because you always love a battle that uh, progresses a character development. Yeah. You know, there's... There's battles for, you know, just because to throw a, a, a dope-ass, like, fight scene in. Yeah. And I enjoy those as much as the next guy. But this fight in particular was great because, one, it shows Hamanatra as, as a place that is heavily guarded and haunted. Not to be fucked with. Not to be, yeah, not to be fucked Quote with. Quote Wu-Tang. It, it establishes Rick O'Connell as also someone not to be fucked with. Right. And, uh, and it establishes Benny and... Um, Shoot, I don't know the name of the... Odafers. Ardeth. Ardeth Bay. Ardeth Bay, yeah. Um, the, the Which sounds like the name should be swapped. Like, is the act, actor's name should <laughs> oh, be Ardeth. the Ardith. actor's name is very close. <laughs> it's not close at all, but like, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. Like, oh, okay, yeah. Um, it's like, his name's not... Ardeth Bay does not the sound <laughs> as, uh, as menacing as Odette Fair. Yeah. Like, yeah. that sounds like, ooh, that's menacing. Yeah, like, that guy. I, <laughs> like, if I don't know that guy, that sounds pretty menacing. Yeah. But it's like... Yeah, but Ardeth Bay, that sounds pretty nice. Ardeth Bay sounds like an art. That sounds like a production company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a, a bar in Long Beach. Right? But, uh... Exactly. It's like right on the coast, you know? It's right there, right in the Ardeth Bay. <laughs> Got some seagulls. Caw, caw. Uh, and, then, and then the movie, it, it's great action, gets you right in, yep. and then the movie pivots hard body. Actually, no, that's not how the movie starts, is it? No, because the then it goes to... A flashback. That's, that it's, it establishes... Um, Hamanatra and Rick O'Connell, and then it goes. I think like three months in the future. No, but what about the flash? Oh, the flash. Oh, yeah, that's right. The, that's actually how it starts. The, isn't with, it? Yeah, the the actual mummy stuff. Yeah, where, where it's it shows uh, Imhotep and and, uh, and his lady Anaxunamun, Anaxun, yeah. absolute babe. Uh, that, if you're talking, we're just, talking about childhood crushes. Two of mine are in the same movie. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, Rachel Weisen and Patricia Velasquez. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah, but, uh, very true. Uh, no, yeah, I. You're right that um, it does start off in Egypt. I just, 
You got to start off. With we the love game. Rick O'Connell, we so we're yeah, drawn to him. Drawn to but it actually does. What? Why not? We were talking about. It, I was telling you about it. Have some really great practical effects mm-hmm. to where, how they recreated this. Uh, yeah, you scene. brought that up, which was really cool when you said that. I I didn't know because it, it's I been a minute since like, I've seen it. I thought it was bad CGI, but it's not. <laughs> it's this superimposed miniatures with like extras that they had walking around on like a dirt path yeah. to create this city, and then they show the the backstory of. Emotep betraying uh, the K- the tarot the and yeah. getting and getting punished for it, yeah. um, which I, I think. What do you think about that? That like starting the movie that way. I think it's fair because you kind of know the the stakes, but it's also. I know a lot of people have brought it up, and I know that like even in, it, it it has the whole like same thing with like Lord of the Rings, like well just use the eagles or like it's like why would you do a curse just kill them? Mm-hmm. But it's like you have to show like. There obviously it's a very dramatized, dramatic thing, and you have to show this. And I and I've always said it that like love or like the idea of love is such a great motivator in movies, like within in the Avengers movies. Like why I felt that Scarlet Witch should never have been dusted. Mm. It's like because it's such like like there like a love story like that. Like we as we saw in Wandavision. Is so like detrimental to her health, mental health. Oh, you mean Scarlet Witch? Scarlet Witch, yeah. Is that what you said? Yeah. Oh, I, that I she should. That she should. Uh, she shouldn't have been dusted. She shouldn't have been dusted. Have had her deal with that. But then they did create a whole show, right, for her to deal with that. Exactly. But like, I think the thing is, it would have been kind of, because then in the moment of when she comes back and just slaps up Thanos single handedly, yeah. like the mo- like you would have think like, oh, she's never coming back. She's just gone. And then she comes back. I think it would have been a great like. Fuck yeah! Like there we right. go, and she could have dealt with it after. Right. But like with this, it just shows that uh, Hemotep is—he's not only evil, but he's motivated. Yeah. Like, I really like the yeah. idea of using love as a motivator, but yeah. for the enemy. Exactly. Yeah. Because like he's like, okay, well, I also can be a plague on this earth, but I love my my lady, my, my Bonnie, my 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 girl. Yeah. The the girl who can't be touched. But like, but yeah, because it shows that like he's taking such a tremendous risk with like with this girl. But sorry, I, I just can't remember her name. Anoxina Moon. Moon. Yeah, it's not easy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't do well with names. But like, he's taking such this ginormous risk with like just even being close to her. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, because then it could be sympathetic. It's like oh, maybe he's just this like star-crossed lover who's been who was head over heels for a girl, and now he's doing it for revenge. But then we're seeing like. Oh no, he could still bring her back. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, he, now he's just fucking evil. Right. Yeah. Well, I think he is trying to. He is trying to. Bring yeah, he her is. Back. No, but he's bringing her back. But then he is also like, I don't think he's gonna stop. Mm. He's bringing her back so that the two of them can right. destroy the world. Exactly. Together. They're not like, okay, well, we're back, so we're gonna get a nice little two split level ranch out of yeah, the hills. If that's the case, then it then then it's just like, okay, well, O'Connell just doesn't want him to steal his girl. Right. But I think what really establishes that, which is something that, as a kid, I never paid, I never really paid very much mind. But now watching it, it, it adds a lot of gravity to it. Is the the multiple uh, plagues that are like uh, that are hitting up Cairo right. when he as he's gaining his power. So the eclipse, the water turning to blood, the locusts. Right. These are all things that show that he is not just one guy trying to get one girl. He's an his, entity. His yeah, yeah. His quest is an offense to the world yeah it's um i don't know have you ever seen dogma the kevin smith movie i haven't so all right i mean it's 20 years old but like the whole idea is like ben affleck and matt damon have been kicked out of heaven 
hmm. and they want to redeem themselves. So they're like angels? Or? So they're angels. Okay. But if they redeem themselves, they would prove God wrong, thus mm. undoing the earth, like undoing the, the so universe. Yeah. So like it with this, like the fact that he is still trying to get his, his girl back is an affront to God and the, the curse that's been put upon him and like everything like that. It's an affront to that like status quo that it's shit's being noticed. Right. Right, and, but and the challenge that you have in adventure movies where you make the stakes that high right. is that it's hard to, it's hard to. I guess it's hard for us to put ourselves in those shoes, you okay. know, because this is an apocalyptic threat. Right. But what makes it, when how this movie succeeds in getting us to do that is with its charismatic uh, protagonist and like the the good squad. Right. And in the good squad, we have Rick O'Connell. Rick O'Connell. We have Evie. Uh, Rachel Weiss says Evie. Yep. And then and her brother, Jonathan. Jonathan. And the three of them do such a good job of drawing you in uh, to this story. And him going, and Imhotep going after Evie right. does a great job of making it personal enough so that you, even if you can't, even at, like as a kid, I couldn't wrap my head around, you know, like, oh, you have to stop him from turning all the blood in Egypt to, to all the water in Egypt to blood. But like, <laughs> turning all the blood to water. Oh yeah, my yeah. god, my body, it's so fluid. <laughs> I'm so hydrated. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I like this. Like when when they spit my heart out, and brain can't function yeah. too well, but I'm doing all right. When they spit out the their drinks in uh in the in the bar, I was just like, well, yeah, alcohol tastes bad. You know, like I didn't put it together. <laughs> right, you do like, like surface like, surface yeah. level. It's <laughs> right, but I was just like, you can't let him take our girl. Right, I, because I I nine for seven year old me, Evie was my girl too. <laughs> So, <laughs> you're wearing your, your white uh, uh, like blousey shirts. Yeah, you're you're tucked into your like yeah. <laughs> with your knee high boots. <laughs> like oh, I'll save you. Oh, my, my leather wrist. Your leather wrist. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no. But having it uh, that kind of makes it personal, so that we as an audience are still uh, on O'Connell's side, or we're, we still want this thing to to be resolved. Um, but let's talk about Evie because she's introduced right after O'Connell, right? And she starts off by knocking down almost she, an entire. She's kind of portrayed as a a klutz, a little bit. But then it throws you off because then I was like, I feel like that's just comedy of the time. Where it's like, oh, you have all these big fucking things, and you kind of have to like it's the Jackie Chan thing of like a character has to start at the absolute bottom to get to the absolute top. Mm-hmm. So then as she's progressing, she's like. I'm smarter than all these fucking idiots from Cambridge. And, like, and she's solving all these issues that, like, you can't just get by by Moxie and, and yeah. Gusto and whatnot. She could ride a camel better. She could, yeah, exactly. She knows she knows how to speak to the locals. She knows, uh, you know, a lot of certain things, like how maps are read and, and, like, you can't get by. And there are some parts, like, when they're when they finally get into the the city, like, the, the graveyard city. Yeah, um, yeah uh, Hamanatra. Hamanatra. There's like, well, you don't want to go on that side. You got to right. go this way, and it's like, it's There's she saves herself to dig, right? Yeah, she yeah. saves them from booby traps without even like, watch this, dickhead, right? <laughs> so, but it's like the thing is like, and there's there is a quality to her where she's also endearing in her her nerdiness mm-hmm. of like her, like her, <laughs> the whole thing like her parents were were adventurers and all this, but she turned to books because she's like, there's more to it than just. Jumping in head first. Gunslinging, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I think clumsy is, I think, an okay word to describe her, but she's not a ditz. Right. She's not ditzy. She's, her skills lie elsewhere. Her brother's more of a ditz yeah. than she is. Yeah. yeah, her brother's definitely a, like a, just a, 
a ditzy comedic relief type character. Yeah, he's a but funk. She, yeah. yeah. But she has her own ambitions. Yeah. You know, some of it is related to her parents. You know, that, that whole, like... Classic. The whole trope of, like, <laughs> a female can't be interested in something unless it's a family heirloom. Yep. My dad was a scientist, so I'm a I'm scientist. I'm a scientist, yeah. But she has her own ambitions to be, like, uh, accepted by the, the board of scholars. Right. And their whole thing is that she doesn't have experience. And so she wants to use this... Uh, when, when Jonathan steals the, the key right. to the to the Book of the Dead from from O'Connell and gives it to her, she sees this as an opportunity yeah. to gain that experience that she uh, has been that's kind of been missing from her resume and uh, further her ambitions and as well as her academic curiosity. Yeah, because she is very passionate about this Egyptian lore. So it's cool because she has her own motivations and and her own drive before she even meets O'Connell. Exactly. Yeah, like it, it's it, it was really nice to see and go back to it and not feel like, "Ooh, this uh this aged pretty poorly." I never like, thought I didn't think that. I didn't think that at all. Movie. It's like it's 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 cool because you you the, she is matching his machismo and his uh, you know, ingenuity with actual intelligence and also her own ingenuity and creativity and cleverness, yeah. which I, you know, super liked. She's not just along for the ride. No, she is uh, what we call a fleshy woman. There, yeah, she's very fleshed <laughs> out. Very fleshed out. Yeah, and she, uh, yeah, she solves problems. Yep. She she contributes to the cause. If she wasn't but there, she's also the reason that the whole thing went off. Went off. But yeah, she is the problem, a hundred percent. But it's not her. It's not be. It's, it's this woman is the problem. Well. And, <laughs> Well, it is. She is because it's her. It's that same curiosity, that same right. ambition that drives her is what causes right. No, the yeah. whole plot the, to, the, to begin. Yeah, but the thing is, like, yeah, it is her curiosity, but it's also matched with the other group that they're with the, yeah. the Bizarro group, where they have their discount yeah. O'Connor, the Nega group. Yeah, the Nega group, and they have their own like rich wolf. <laughs> you yeah. can't be that. It's like they don't they open up the. They, so they uncover they, the book. Right. She steals it from him in the middle right. of the night, uses the key to open it, and then reads from it. And right. that's what wakes up Emotep. Right, right, right. Because she goes, there's never, like, there's there's no harm in reading a book. No, there's never been any harm in reading a book. Oh. Yeah. Because she's never saw the this Evil was, Dead trilogy. This was prime evidence that I showed to my mother as a the, kid. And I was like, you see? Can't books read. Are, books are bad. Books <laughs> of the devil. <laughs> you, can't, you can't make me keep doing this. Stop <laughs> sending me to school. What if you give me the wrong book one day? Just send me to the desert. I'll, I'll make my learning there. Yeah, she's like, I don't think the Bernstein Bears are going are gonna, <laughs> to like, make the, the zombie in our basement rise up. But uh, but it's still there is still a zombie in the basement. That's right. You 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 gave it up right there. You let me know. But we also weren't allowed in the basement of our apartment building. Um, it's storage it's just it was just storage yeah the it's like other people's there, shit like that's, it, right it, what that's what it was with other people's shit but we got bikes we eventually we got bikes and right. like we would store them in that basement and when i was there i found these like these dumbbells that i still have all these comic books that i, I still have nice and yeah it was actually kind of cool but um everything was like everything's like there's dust on those dumbbells now that is from my apartment <laughs> <laughs> but uh but anyway. years of dust Yes, but back to the movie because the... it's 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 fantastic. Because so that that is just to set up right. the characters and to start the plot. Yeah, and like and, and by like the first thirty minutes, we know everybody what their motivation is, and I think they pretty much completed their first task. Well, yeah, and yeah. And, and along 
the ride to do that, there were two like battle scenes that once again yeah. established the characters very well. The first one, which I think is one of my favorite scenes in the movie, is when the Magi uh, storm the boat that they're traveling. Oh by. yeah, you know, and that does so much as far as uh, showing how clever Rick is, and you know his fast reflexes. Right. You know, and showing uh, showing up Benny as like a real scumbag. <laughs> yeah, you know, and uh, and right before it goes off, there's like a really nice conversation between O'Connell and Evie where you can start to see the chemistry building. Yeah. But then he says something like brutish, and uh, and she's he, very proper, so right. she she's like offended by it. Yeah, the, the the small conversations that they do have when it's actually just Brent, uh, Rick O'Connell and Evie, uh, Brendan Fraser and Rachel Vice having just this like palpable chemistry that like they could be saying nothing and it's like wow i'm interested in this Mm -hmm. because it was yeah on the boat they're talking about like why she like why she picked him and like kind of like kind of getting a little bit of backstory on her and then he's like well then she's like why'd you kiss me and he just said something fucking he's he's like well i was gonna die who gives a (laughs) shit and she's like oh she's like she probably was like thinking like a little bit more yeah she was yeah she's like oh she was but then like they have a scene or sitting around a a campfire where they're both kind of like nerding out, and it's like they're both like vibing on what they're 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 putting out, and it's like it's like wow, oh, this is a beautiful thing. Yeah. This is fantastic. Yeah. I love it. There's also a good scene there where the Americans are playing uh, playing cards with yeah. uh, with, with Jonathan, Jonathan, yeah, and it kind of shows Jonathan as like this loud mouth, as like somebody braggart, braggart, yeah. yeah, someone who can't really back up uh, his bite, yep. you know, can't yeah, his bark, I should say, and. Uh, and I think that one's really cool for one, kind of setting up this friendly rivalry between this American group right. and O'Connell's group, and you know, really showing off Jonathan as like the, this kind of sleazy but likable uh, airhead. Um, and then finally, shit pops off when O'Connell notices uh, wet footsteps on the deck, and uh, and then the guy jumps Evie, who realizes at this point that what what they're what they're after and and um you know the key and everything and right and then o'connell fucking busts in the door Papa, and it sets and the guy on fire it sets the guy on fire yeah. right and then from there it's just like the whole ship's burning up everyone's trying to abandon it the americans are just firing uh, on yeah. the burning ship and it you know it's just everything goes to shit he you see o'connell's protecting uh evie while Guns blazing, yep. double pistols. He saves his his satchel of guns. He saves yep. Evie and Jonathan, and then and the uh, the warden who was there for like he kind twenty of saved, minutes. Yeah, he kind of saved. He him, like he yeah. fell he fell off, and they like the big all he the groups are like, swimming. Oh, I'll, I'll get help. You stay here. Yeah. <laughs> and so they swim to like this like this bank, and then uh, Benny's like, "Hey, O'Connell, I got all the horses." He's like, "Yeah, but you're on the wrong side of the river, you idiot." <laughs> It's like, oh my god! Like this guy's like five steps ahead, yeah. but it's not obnoxiously five steps ahead. You know, because there's certain characters out there that are just like, you're not that smart to do these smart things. Yeah. Almost, what, would, what would you say is a good example of that? Uh, Dominic Toretto. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yes. There's nothing about Dominic's background. I rolled a twenty. Nothing, yeah, that. <laughs> I yeah, just exactly. keep rolling twenties. Dominic is an ex-con who works in a car shop. Right. He should not be qualified. He was stealing DVD VCR right. players. Right. Why would you trust this man Into- to, to <laughs> secure a weapon that is essentially Brother Eye? Right. Yeah. What What has he done? What has he done? What has he done? So well, he drove. He, he drove, stole a bank. He stole a vault. He stole a vault and he killed countless Brazilian people. <sighs> it just doesn't. That Dom's a great example. Yeah. 
But with O'Connor and Evie and everybody, honestly, it feels very much. Yeah. Um, it feels right. No, yeah, I feel like in... I know we've talked about it a lot, and it's uncertain things of action heroes that have been taken away just to pose like mm. an action hero, mm. where it's like, all right, like... Right now, we'll do Indiana Jones, John McClane, Rick O'Connell, Dominic Toretto, Captain America. Okay. Right, right there. So Dominic Toretto... What a lineup, by the way. Dominic Toretto, I feel, is the weakest of them all. I would agree. A, cannot look stupid. He could B, not take too many hits and get bloodied up. He does not want to be on the underside. He does not want to be... He does not want to be made a fool of. While Rick O'Connell was... Had to... That, that, that funny moment where he thinks he killed the mummy and <laughs> and Artith Bay is like, he's not dead. He's like, nah, I shot him. He's good. Yeah. It's like, no, you idiot. He's not dead. He's not getting it until he sees but, the mummy again. Right. He just doesn't get it. But then he learns. He's like, oh, this thing's scared of cats. Yeah. So let me grab a fucking cat, put it behind my back, ba-bam. Woo. Uh, Indiana Jones takes a beating. Constantly. Constantly takes a beating. Oh, my God. There was one fight where he, like his whole goal of winning was to get beaten up enough so yeah. a Nazi would be distracted to get cut up by <laughs> propeller blades. Yep. Um, John McClane, scr- I mean, I would use more Jackie Chan characters, but I don't know except Rumble in the Bronx, mm. <laughs> mostly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like, all right, so even him. Like, but I think Jackie Chan, as an actor, as an actor knows so the value of right. putting his characters through those kind of ringers. John McClane loses 15 gallons of blood from before, his feet. <laughs> yeah, from his feet before he gets to see Hans Gruber for the first time. Yeah. The and then roof. 15 more gallons of blood for the last time. Yep. So he's earned that victory. Yeah. Scra- literally scratched and clawed through air vents. Exactly. There. Captain America, now he's in this brand new era, this 2000s and on era. Superhero. Of superhero. But I think what's great about what they've done, especially in the second and the third one, is that he gets his ass kicked. He loses everything. He loses his country because they've gone to this, like, fear-based, eye-in-the-sky, shoot-em-up hovercraft, which I don't know why no one saw that coming. But he sacrificed his own happiness with Peggy to, to take down that uh, that plane. Uh, he's, you know, he lost his team. He lost Buck. He lost Bucky. He then, you know, he loses in Avengers Endgame, Infinity War, and up to Endgame, so that when we do have that moment in Endgame, Yes, he picks up Thor's hammer, mm. and you're like, okay. But then there's a moment where you see Thanos' armies just coming down. He's the only one standing up. Like, you know Tony's still still there, yeah. but he's down. Thor's still there, but he's down. We don't. We haven't seen the Hulk. We haven't seen all It's just Captain America. And then when he points to his ear, and you're on your left, you're like, fuck uh, look, yeah. Goosebumps right <laughs> Goosebumps. now, buddy. Goosebumps right now. It was the worst explanation of that scene, <laughs> but it's still, like, in your mind you see it. But he's earned that. He's earned the chance that he's stayed up on his feet long enough for people to come back. Mm-hmm. Like, he is the pillar of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He is, when he says Avengers Assemble, it's that final brick of Jenga. Giant Jenga, which you fucking people <laughs> love playing. When you put it up on top and you're like, I win. Like, that's it. Yeah. Like, he's earned that. Dominic Toretto did not earn anything. Like, it, it's like... What hardships did he have to go right. through? Oh, my brother, but he's all right. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, his brother's only mentioned in... The last one. The ninth one. It took nine movies. The, the hardest thing he ever had to face is when Cypher closed down that one bakery he always goes to in Fast and, oh, 8. and killed the mother of his child. Yeah, and that too. Yeah. Which he didn't even care about. It wasn't his girl anymore. 
She got kicked out of a window in the movie beforehand. That's true. <laughs> so what's he didn't even care. He didn't even care. <laughs> well, I guess because she was fine. Right. Uh, all right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but no. Yeah. I I agree. But Rick, like we were saying, Rick O'Connell, he constantly is learning. He doesn't get beaten up in this movie. He, he doesn't take a lot of hits. But well, he, because a hit would be fatal in this right, one. Right, <laughs> exactly, because they all have fucking swords and they're yeah. all, like, immortal creatures. But he's running away from scarabs. Right. You know, he's barely dodging, like, trap doors mm-hmm. and stuff. He's uh, he's getting tossed around by Emotep yeah. a lot. He gets thrown out of the sky by a, a, an Emotep-shaped sandstorm. Right. Still such iconic imagery. Still very good, yeah. Still very good. Anytime you see a face in the sand... yeah. I mean, the thing is, you only see a face in the sand when you're talking about the money. Exactly. Because, like, it's just become synonymous with it, and nobody else can ever do that again. Yeah, I think, like, this movie is 100% iconic. Like, yeah. And the fact that it's on HBO Max, like, all three of them are on HBO Max right now. The Mummy Returns, but, I, I enjoyed, too. I enjoyed, too. I hope I would enjoy it if I watched it again. I, I, I don't think I've seen it. I know I saw The Mummy. Like, yeah. I, when I know I saw. But, like, The Mummy 2, I don't think I did. I, I don't remember. Yeah, I mean, I know I have, but like, I don't remember if it seemed like a movie that would hold up well, or if it's more like a product of its time. See, you know, this is this is the funny thing about movies like this, like that, that are older and that have had maybe more of a like our key point in our like childhoods growing up is that we don't really talk about the actual movie itself, but like what the movie kind of means to us. Mm-hmm. And like you, you brought it up, like you were. So this came out in 99, you were, what, six, seven. seven? So you were still prime, like... Well, I, I wouldn't say I saw it in 99, though. But it was I wasn't a, really going to movies back right. then. I like think HBO I, or something like that. I, I probably, my dad probably got on, on VHS or right. something. Right, rented like, from the store. Yeah, he yeah. got it from Blockbuster, yeah. and, like, I probably watched it in 2000. Okay, so let, let's say you, you saw it when you were seven, eight. Seven, eight, yeah. So that's prime imagination playtime. Hell yeah. Like, how fucking cool was that? Like, was that? Like, I remember when I, like... A lot of the stuff when I was a kid, like Starship Troopers, I remember playing. Mm. <laughs> but I was like, oh, I got guns. Shit. I think you were a little older for Starship Troopers. I, when they come out, I think it was Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers. I think it came out in 95. I think it was like 10. Yeah, I was. When I saw Starship Troopers, I was not allowed to see Starship Troopers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember, because I remember my dad watched it, and I was there, but. In 97, he, yeah, I was Yeah, little, eventually he sent me away, because. Yeah, 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 I was like, ooh, it's a little. Hey now. Some boobies there. Some boobies there. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, but like, you know, there, there are, like, I remember playing Indiana Jones. I remember, like, there's a lot of things, like, adventurer, like, character, like, st- like archetype. But, like, do you, did you have, like, do you have any, like, memory of, like, right, from this? Because I know your big movies are, like, Terminator 2 and yeah, now this yeah, one. It's a big one. Yeah, yeah. It's a big one. <laughs> did you ever, like, kind of, like, all right, well, you know, young Matt, I'm playing. I got, you know, you have an apartment, you're kind of, like, you're able to kind of change scenery mm-hmm. floor to floor. You ever do anything like that or not? Like You know, funny enough... Or just I, run your hand right through a glass window. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think The Mummy ever really came up in my playtimes because I I base a lot of like my imaginative playing off of the action figures that I had. Okay. And I'd say the vast majority of action figures that I had, maybe I think it's fair to say like 90% of the action figures that I had were either superheroes or Power Rangers. Fair enough. That's also uh, maybe an episode we should do later. Like, will we action figures? Um, action figures we had? Because... Yeah. I had I... a lot of Spider-Mans, a lot of Batmans, uh, a lot of Power Rangers, 
and uh, my favorite was a daredevil that I lost that you got that you've since recovered for me. There you go. Um, it's I keep it in my car to this day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just put it in your office, just like. <laughs> I, honestly, I, I will. But, um, and I had like Megazord, I had Batmobiles, yeah. I had stuff like that. Uh, maybe some. I'm, I probably have some Star Wars action figures. Yeah. But well, Star um, Wars was always around. Always. Like always like, popping. Like even like the. I, I remember I had a bunch of like I had a lot of GI Joes second hand, mm. mostly from Jimmy, my my older brother. Um, he had GI Joes, but then he like, kind of aged out of them into, uh, like Power Rangers because mm-hmm. he was like He Man, GI Joe, Transformers, and he's like, yeah. Transformers, Power trans- Rangers. I had some Transformers. Yeah, yeah, but GI Joe, I think I was. Uh, I think you were too too. I was, I was like it was young. done by the time you yeah. like came up. I was up. too young for GI Joe. Yeah. I was too young for He Man. Um, yeah, He Man was yeah such a like a lost They were doing Beast Wars when I was a kid. Oh shit! So okay. I would watch Beast Wars a lot. Yeah, and they had a there was like a computer game for Beast Wars that was like almost impossible to play. <laughs> it was like like maybe sixteen bit. It was, Ugh. It, but it was they tried to make it like like three dimensional. It was really like tough, tough. It's but, early, it's but I enjoyed early. playing it yeah. so much, you know. So, um, but that but because I, those were just like the toys that I had, a lot of it was like based in New York City, based in, uh, right. like, a lot of urban environments. I had, like, a bunk bed, so there's a lot of verticality, oh, you know, um, a lot of wide-scale battles, but not, like, it, like, the desert didn't really, uh, none of my, none of the characters that I had really fit in the desert. You know, I mean, I know we're getting off the beaten path here, but... We are, because I still want to talk about Brendan Fraser. Yeah, we'll, so. we'll, we'll, I just want to talk about the next 15 minutes about toys, and then the next yeah. 15, <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, I was pretty big i was big on like the army men the green and plastic oh army sure men. yeah like them like with the little i had them. yeah like the like, little you do the greens versus the whites oh i didn't know they were whites oh you didn't have a white ones? i only had green oh yeah. shit wow that's how i knew about race early on yeah <laughs> <laughs> but the whites were always the bad so guys you did the shirts versus skins and, yeah kind of yeah like yeah. the white army was always the bad guys the green army was always the good guys because the green you. so woke right but also because the greens had this it was the same color green as the gi joes that i had oh okay. so it was like all the good guys are wearing this green so obviously these green guys are the good guys, guys. Yeah, no. and all the white guys look like Shadowstorm, yeah. who was a cobra at the time. Right, right. So it's like okay, well there they go. Well, that's sound logic. So I would take, um, so like I had like the, the long boxes of comics because uh, as a kid you always have one of those things. Yeah. I take the cover off, flip it upside down, and stack mm. two uh, shoe boxes on it, which I'd like do like a diorama inside and make it a. Like a battleship, absolutely. Oh, and just awesome. like, and then I had like those, you know, those little like styrofoam flyer planes. Yes. So I would just, just oh. do that shit. So yeah, okay. But now let's talk about Brendan Fraser. No, that's no, yeah. that's a really great setup. Because yeah. I, I was doing, I mean, I liked playing by myself a mm. lot. I feel like, I mean, it's not that I didn't enjoy playing with my brother. It's just that we get we were on two different like ideas. Yeah. How much older is Jimmy? He's three years older than me. Okay. Three, yeah. He was born in '82. I, I was born in '85. Okay. But it's like, like yeah, he was more focused on like because then he started. Yeah, I wasn't really the most popular kid, so I just kind of whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he was like, oh, you know, Power Rangers is my shit. Voltron, all that. Like the oh, he I was more Voltron, he yeah. was more Zord. Yeah. And and like kaiju worried. You were more on ground level. I was ground level. Yeah. I was like, let's <laughs> let's set up the base. Let's 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 chart these seas. Look at the people behind the. the... <laughs> right. <laughs> I got into really big into micro machines, which sounds really weird, but I loved micro machines. They were like the best. But yeah, I think I remember micro machines. 
I think you guys talked about it. I have. I don't think I. I don't think I ever had them though. Oh, oh. you mean? Oh, you mean like those like? Yeah, the big like the big playset, small like little things. Yeah. Right. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I'm trying to. I. I. I definitely did play with my brother, a lot as a kid. But when I think about it, when I always look back at it, I always think of like myself playing, or, like by myself. Maybe because like. I guess maybe what I remember the most clearly are like maybe when my brother had right. sort of moved on to that and I and I, was, and I hadn't yet because um, I was older at that point. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, let's talk about Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser. Based on this movie, you would think, oh, this guy's gonna be the next best thing. Yeah, he like he could have been. He could have been Tom Cruise level. Yeah, right. He exactly. Could have been Harrison Ford level. He could have been you know just name name your leading man, and you know Brendan Fraser could have been up there with him. Based on this movie, at least. Exactly. Like, he like he has the charisma to be, you know, your franchise lead. It would, it's this is was, but, like, he, like you could see him as, uh, shit. Like, you could see, like, oh, like, uh, this this Martin Scorsese movie mm. starring Brendan Fraser. I mean, he had rom-com chops. Yep. You know, he definitely had, like, He had the regular comedy chops. He yep. had, you know, he had, he had some dramatic turns. Yep. I know, I think, Circle of Friends, and there was a couple of, the, like, a couple of, uh couple other movies what he did was he was a little younger yeah. but he like he could turn on like he had a very good range of of acting yeah and it seems like with uh little roles like doom patrol and stuff he, he is sort of had there's sort of like a little resurgence in in brendan yeah. fraser and uh i think there is a lot of there's a large sentiment of like w- we we missed out on this talent right you know like he should have he should have been bigger hollywood did him dirty um and when we, in a way, there there are like, there is like a, a history of sexual of sexual assault with Brandon Fraser, where he did speak out on an exec, uh, right. like a Hollywood exec assaulting him, and there were rumors that uh, that had something to do with the downfall of his career. Oh, like he got blacklisted because yeah, like that that was sort of the sentiment around the time. Right. Since then, he's said that he didn't that he doesn't consider it being blackballed but he sort of like the way it works with like hollywood actors is like there's a list right. like these guys are you put them in the movie you know these are the bankable guys right right sometimes you're on the list sometimes you're not and you know you're on the list when you're getting phone calls you know and everybody when, they, when someone's looking for a leading man and they call you right you're on the list you stop getting those calls you're not on the list anymore mm. doesn't mean you're blackballed but you're not on the list right and Around that time, Brendan Fraser stopped giving the calls. His phone stopped ringing. He it's kind of like uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where Leo's character Leo's, was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, I'm a big Hollywood star," but then like he kind of slowly progressed. Like, "Oh, you're just the the guy the guy beats up yes. in TV shows." Yes, the calls for him, the calls were a little, started getting right. a little different, right? Yeah, and uh, and he he has said since that like at the time, he was sort of looking. To, to settle down with, with the family yeah. at, at that time, so he didn't take it too hard. Uh, he's, he he tried to see it as a positive, but it, it's more of a combination of that incident and just the toll yeah. that the mummy movies These, took on his body. They really fucked him up. They like went out. It's like it seems like they went out of their way to fuck this guy up. They hanged him. They hung him. They yeah. killed him. They killed him for it, it's. It's widely known that in the hanging scene in the first in the the mummy, where he gets dropped down and hung from his neck, like I think there was a failure or something, and then he was just hanging there for two two some odd minutes, and no one cold cut, no one stopped because 
the scene is he's hanging. He's they supposed didn't to do this. He yeah. was actually being hanged. Yeah. And it's um, and the dialogue between Evie and the warden is so like it's it's so go it's so like daunting. It's not I'm, I'm looking for the word, but like it's hard to hear now. Yeah. When she's like when he the, the warden goes like ah his neck didn't break. It's now yeah. Have to see his that neck. didn't age well. That did not. Age <laughs> After well. we found this out, it's like that. All right, that's old. We found that he was actually dying. Yeah. Right. Yeah, which is uh, it, it's interesting. So in a way, it, it and, but there's also just he's getting taught. He gets tossed around yeah. in this movie and the sequel. And yeah, he gets yeah he. I mean, I think he's. It, it it also probably is a point of pride because around this time, Tom Cruise is taken off with Mission Impossible, and he's like, "I do all my own stunts. Mm-hmm. I like to do my own stunts." And so it's like every other Hollywood guy's like, oh, "Fuck." But Brendan Fraser doesn't eat babies to stay young, right? So he's not a Scientologist, right? He he's doesn't like, have that that in his back pocket. Right. So he's like, "I guess I should do this," and especially if it's like, it, I think he's a he's a very tall man. So it's hard to get. So like it's probably hard guy. to get a stunt guy like, kind of, like I think the one guy who looked like him was in the movie. <laughs> was the other, the American. other Rick O'Connell, like the dumb Rick O'Connell. Yeah. It, it's like, okay, he's got a square jaw, he's got the weird hair, he's got some five o'clock shadow, but he's got squinty eyes. I don't know no, if make, I like this guy. Make, make him someone else. Uh, he so, yeah. I think nowadays, uh, I think even now, like somebody will look at the Rock next to a stuntman, and they'll be like. Why was The Rock need a stuntman? Oh, I think The Rock stuntman actually follows us on Instagram, by the way. Cool. Yeah. Well, I, I hope he's a uh, hope he's a fan. No, but he, no, I wasn't. I wasn't going to talk. Isn't. <laughs> I wasn't he's been talk very shit. critical. Of my oh, what? oh, has he? Been? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but he, I think he does. I think we do follow him. Price is good price. Yeah. No, but I he uh, yeah he also he trains with The Rock. Yeah. Um, and they they like work out together. Like they're they're close. I think they're I think they're related because The Rock's. Related to every Samoan, uh, <laughs> I don't think I think he, yeah it might be, or he just calls everyone Uso. But yeah, he does, yeah. I think I I think he calls every like everyone he likes he calls Uso. He calls Uso. Yeah. yeah, but uh, it, it's sort it's of like if he called us Uso, we'd be like yeah. I'd, I'd probably melt. <laughs> I'd yeah. cry. Like, <laughs> I'd cry. <laughs> I'd have every... to go and get a tribal tattoo. It's like, this is everything on. I wanted. Yeah, I didn't even know I wanted this. <laughs> no, 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 I do. I, do, yeah. I know I do. <laughs> <laughs> I know you do. It's like finally the investments of like, was it the uh, blood, sweat, and the the, the yeah, rock? The blood, shit? sweat, and respect. Yeah, blood, sweat. <laughs> <laughs> Boots to asses finally yeah. pays off. <laughs> yeah, I think once he says it, my shirt's just gonna morph into Under Armour. It's gonna like strike in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Nipples poke right through because right, no matter how loose the Under Armour shirt is, your nipples are always going to be hopping That's, out. It's almost like it's tight to make your nipples pop. Out. Right. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. So we and people give you look at the Rock too. It's like you're the Rock. Why do you need a stuntman? But this is why Rock makes investments. Yeah, and a stuntman, they they are trained to get thrown around. Yeah, an actor like Brendan Fraser. Is trained to convey emotions. Yeah. You know? I think he's, I think Brendan Fraser, he's a big, he's a big man. He's a, he's a, he probably was an athlete growing up before he took off. I mean, he is a handsome dude. Yeah. Very handsome dude. Big, you know. He went to art school. Went to art, like he's a big, like. Side, side trivia. The guy that plays his, that does the body acting for Robot Man and Doom Patrol. Right. Went to the same acting college as Brendan Fraser. So. <laughs> They, they Brendan Fraser's like set. I I, I I know too much about Brendan Fraser. But hey, 
um, they like he 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 said it's like oh it's actually very easy to work with him on Robot Man because you know he does the voice and the other guy does the body acting right because they've went to because they're trained in the same way like when he says something he knows the how other to... guy kind of knows like okay well this is sort of the body movements yeah. that would convey what Brandon what Brandon's going for yeah and it, it actually that is. that's because also uh, I don't know if anyone hasn't seen it shoot your shit. Doom Patrol is amazing. I did. I watched it on a whim, like the, just watched the first episode, going like, "Oh, it's because he went on to HBO Max." Yeah. I was like, "Well, what's this shit about?" It's like, all right, I watched it. Awesome. It is fucking great. If you're if you're like interested in like a kind of a superhero, quirky kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy esque, but like, just batshit nuts. Yeah. Doom Patrol is it. It's it's batshit nuts in the best way. You're gonna be so happy when I finally. Oh my it. god! I it's went, on the list. It's it, on the list. It jumped that list. <laughs> but like, they have a character called Danny the Street, and it's the best. It is the absolute <laughs> best. There's a guy that like you would love. His name is Flex Mentallo, and all yeah, he does no, is flex. That, that is right up my alley. That is <laughs> like you know like this is, but it's but it also like it's goofy, but then it's heartbreaking. It's it's, it's so it's oh it's a beautiful fuck and his character arc for the first two seasons which are out now the third season's coming out in september mm. this month or next month depending on when we put this up right um i cannot wait literally I, cannot I, wait so i have until then to, to catch up i think you have until the first week of september <laughs> i might be able to but it's like i think it's like eight nine episodes per season oh, okay they're about an hour long each so it's, it's doable a, it's a it's doable but it's a commitment right it's like watching a netflix documentary where it's like <laughs> 70 hours of just like okay but this is actually good shit yeah well okay yeah. That, that watch Doom that's Patrol. a great plug i, I fucking you, love you Doom. are rarely this passionate about i plug. fucking love Doom Patrol. you're from usually like, just like it's it's good you might enjoy it i yeah I, I i i hope throughout this the years we've been doing this that you know that when i go all out on something it's fucking worth it <laughs> <laughs> like i just don't want to give everything like that like oh it was great it was this but like you're not that type of guy like when we saw black widow it's like yeah, it's fine. It's a good movie, but it's not great. Mm-hmm. It's not like anything. But like, I'll be real. It's like, I've seen it before, yeah. out of Marvel. Like, I've seen this before. At least the third act. Right. Like, I thought the first two acts were something fresh. Right. And then. But yeah, like I love all the like the Russian espionage shit. Yeah. But then it yeah it turns into a it, fucking it kind of devolves from there. Like uh, the new Suicide Squad, I thought was pretty good. Yeah. You know, it was a lot of cool, a lot of cool shit, a lot of goofy shit, yeah. which I love. But I give it a great tag. Maybe on the second did. we gave it an eight. Yeah, I gave it. We gave it an eight, but I mean, like a great tag is what I'm gonna give the the mummy because yeah. we're past this point where we have to give it a grade. Oh! So I, I know I, I think for the last couple of times I've been the one to institute this question, mm. but I'll nominate it for the Hall of Fame. For the Hall of Fame, I, I'm I think. With it. Yeah, I'm with it, man. Uh, the door, look, the doors have been tightly sealed for this Hall of Fame. We're, we're, I mean, it's only like a handful. We didn't we put one in recently? I think we. Yeah, we did. I look. I I gotta look at the track, but I, I think, I uh I do. It was in the last like six months. It was, yeah. yeah. But not the mummy. Rachel Vice does an amazing job as the as the bookworm who becomes an adventurer. While but then she it was also, the Tomorrow War. <laughs> it was the Tomorrow. No, War. no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It wasn't the Tomorrow. War. <laughs> Brendan Fraser is the leading man of the of the '90s that you know we unfortunately missed out on. Um, was it? The it was either Bad comedy. Boys Two or could have been Bad Boys Two. Um, sorry, it could have been Bad Boys Two. It could have been Bad Boys Two or The Water Boy. Oh, 
I, I think, think maybe was, the Water Boy. You think so? I, I, I think it would have been. I love the Water Boy. Yeah. But I feel like we. I think we were so high on the Water Boy. That's true. We were coming we were out of it. it so that's yeah, true. we were big on it. Well, yeah, maybe they both are. Who maybe knows? They both are. They, well, well, maybe we should do a show of actually putting things into the Hall of Fame. We have to. Add, we should write it down when we do that. Eventually, yeah, we <laughs> just say this shit. We, we have moments like this. Sorry, down anywhere. Sorry, you were, you were making. No, I was just saying the mummy has a great villain. Mm-hmm. You know, with clear motivations. Yep. And ostensibly like, like law, like like. Yeah, we didn't take power. Yeah, we didn't really talk too much about Arnold Vosloo as the mummy, but like he's evil. He's evil, and he's exactly what you want him to be. Yeah. Like he, he can, has a cult coming after. Like he is he, he is downright no nuance about him. Go and fuck up your life. He's almost like a force of nature. Yeah, you know when he comes at you, and just I remember as a kid seeing him become more, uh, I guess, re, human. Re, re, yeah, like rejuvenate yeah. himself by sucking the souls out of. Terrifying. The, oh my god! Right. Scared the shit out of me. Seeing a scarab come up his neck and then bite it <laughs> yeah. out of his mouth freaked me the hell out. Yeah. This guy is. A, a villain for that defines the the genre yeah. of that decade. You need a you with that with that kind of movie. You need a villain who is can be matched toe to toe with your hero mm-hmm. and a little bit more imposing. And having him like, I don't think like a Tom Hiddleston Loki esque performance would have worked. No. I think it just uh, he does not speak English. He is very just like. Bare bones, no, no pun intended. Ha <laughs> ha! <laughs> but like, uh, I think he is so, just like, I don't fucking care. Yeah. I'll kill anybody in my way. I'm just gonna take your. He's like, I took his eyes, I took his tongue, I did this, and it's like, you know what? And him having Benny as his slave. And then, just ha- like, yeah. Oh, exactly. So He's like, oh, more, so much more despicable. Right? Yeah. It's like, oh, you suck. Because Benny sucks. <laughs> But it's like I'll make it worth your while, cause he, like, it's just he's just so bad. Yeah, I think him not speaking English was a great move to make yeah. him less relatable as well. Because then you can, you can kind of play up that sympathy where it's like, it's it's less of like because it's ancient Egypt, it's less like common for us to hear it. Mm-hmm. It's like we could hear like people speak in their own native tongue and be like, okay, we could translate. But it's such like so far removed from what's now happening that's like alien to us. I think you also bring up a great point with that, in that somebody like a performance like Tom Hiddleston's Loki right. wouldn't work. And it's so you know when we talk about like when we talk about wrestling, uh, like you have a heel like um, say like Kevin Owens, right? All right, who he's supposed to, he was supposed to be a bad guy, but he's just so cool right. and he does so many great things in the ring that the it's crowd hard not to falls for him. It's hard not to like him. Right. The Loki is kind of a similar thing where he's so charismatic and sympathetic right. that by the end of it. Loki was just as popular as the Avengers. If not popular. Right, yeah. if not more popular. You look at who got shows, Loki, should he have gotten his own show? I mean, yes, because right. he was that popular, but he shouldn't have been as, that popular. As a comic character and everything else, Loki is just like maybe like a third level boss. Yeah. But like, okay, like he gets in his own way. Right. But then like with Marvel, they made it's like, oh, he gets in his own way, but it's like endearing so and he's he so it. like... Heartbroken. You know, oh, he's just a child that just, you know, his parents didn't even be dead. Right. Fuck all that. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like you do because it, it, that's hot boy shit. You like him because he's just a hot guy. That's right. it. Like, it's just, right. Exactly. He's just a fuck boy. But, <laughs> but Emotep, right. he wants to steal your girl. 
right? Just kill your friends and end your world. That's right. You know, he and is he the has most no alpha level it. Chad. <laughs> except he's not. He's the major simp. Right. right. Like his whole goal Big is just to bring up an oxen. Ox I, I made a joke. I you did call him a simp. But also. The, should we talk about the cultural appropriation of Evie putting on the Egyptian clothes once oh, her clothes got yeah. lost in the water? Yeah. Honestly, I, I, I didn't mind I didn't it because it. it just pulls everything I th- off. I think at the time I said, like, that's good at cultural appropriation. It is. But, it, you know, it was... I also think, like, I, it's... Is it, is it okay? But that's, this is a huge double standard for us. Is, is it, it okay if they're, if they're, like, beautiful uh, If they're people? hot? Yes. Just uh, <laughs> <laughs> be real about it. <laughs> fuck it. And, and I guess you can also... Like, if that was me out there. Yeah. Like, you're like, mm-mm. And also, like, she didn't have a choice. She lost all her yeah, clothes. Yeah, she, she bought those clothes, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, what are you gonna do? I mean, does she look better in it than anyone I've ever I seen? Mean, yes, but I mean, yeah. that would have been... That would have been the case. What are the odds of that? What are the odds of that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, amazing villain that we didn't get to touch on because he's a bad guy. Right. We yeah. didn't want to talk about him that much. He doesn't deserve it because he's bad. Um, and you have great action. We didn't even get to talk about... Um, him fighting the, the those uh, like zombie warriors and how he had the pantomime. Yeah, the a lot. Shit. Like anytime that they're CGI, there's nothing there. Yeah. So he is doing that on his own, and, and they're just yeah. kind of filling in that as is. We didn't get to talk about the face turn of like Artis Bay, a guy who like. I think he's he was always a face. It's just that they had to earn his like, earn his like. Okay, well you're not a dick. Yeah. It's like okay, like it's like. But I, I more mean it in the audience's eyes. Oh, yeah, we yeah, were yeah. supposed to view him as like, well, this is the bad. This is a bad guy because he's killing all of Rick's people. He's got tattoos and on his face. He, he jumps them on the boat. Right. But then you know they sympathize him. They they make him just so sympathetic by you see he's like flying on the edge. That of was the plane, best. That was like because like we life, you know because we we started to think about it like as it, and and it kind of goes into the whole idea of us like it may be a little bit more D and D focused, mm. but like. Here's a character who spent his entire life and his father's entire life and his grandfather's entire life protecting this, uh, this this place, uh, whatever it's called, Hamanatra. And then the idea of him flying for the first time, yeah. just being strapped to the wing of a plane, and you see this big old goofy smile. So it was. I don't know if it was a character moment I or just if it was a character choice. Him just like, like really just choice. enjoying. Yeah. But like, but that's a great thing because like in the moment he is like, okay, my character's never gone more than six feet off the ground. Yeah. The, and like in a controlled way, like if he fell off a horse, like that that's fucked up. But like, <laughs> if you're <laughs> controlled, like that first that first bit of real flying is yeah. like, if you ever been in like a hot air balloon, I, I haven't. I, I I've been in one mm. where it's like the once you start getting to like, uh, like up a little bit more and you're like. How long is this rope? Yeah. And he's like, you're just like, oh my god, just me in the air. Hot air balloons are tied down, tied up. Are some are by a rope. Some are tied down. Oh, some are. Well, if they're tra- you just let out the hot air to start sinking. If you're traveling, like yeah. if you're doing like the they like, like upstate around the world in eighty days. Yeah, if you do yeah. that, the worst way to do it in a fucking hot air balloon. Yeah, right. But yeah, you, if you're just going up and down, they'll just keep a rope, and you could just because gotcha. even if something happens, you could just a rope and, that like extends for yeah. miles. Um, but anyway, yeah, no, the action Miles, in it is hundreds of feet. That I, I've never <laughs> been in one. It, it looks very high up from what I've seen. It's like two hundred feet up in the air. Oh well, I don't know. I, I, okay, well, that's not no, that yeah, bad, I mean, I guess, it, I guess a, <laughs> that's what we're gonna do one night with the boys: go hot air ballooning. Ooh, 
We have to go all the way upstate. At this point, we're just taking all these great date ideas and we're just throwing the just boys throwing in. the boys in it because they've got yeah. nothing else going on. Yeah, more or less. But uh, so yeah, so that look, I didn't get into podcasting for the chicks. <laughs> that's what I got into D and D for. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but no, the movie really has everything. It it's does. got a great romance that really draws it draws you in. It's got great uh, comedy. It's got amazing action. It's got great characters. Yep. It's got an awesome villain. It's got a cool lore behind it. Great set, great scenery. Yeah, great some, yeah, great action some set cool, pieces. Some cool uh, cinematography, but not a lot of it. Very It, it shows you what it yeah, yeah it, it shows it you what it's going to show, but it's very like set heavy like it's mm-hmm. a throwback like that where it's like okay, like the the universal monsters like the back in the This should have been the start of a monsterverse. This they should try to make a monster verse, and they chose Tom Cruise to lead the mummy through it. They should it should have been Brendan Fraser's mummy verse, and the O'Connells fighting vampires, the O'Connells fighting, hunting down a Frankenstein. Uh, yeah. Come on, man. I know. I know. I mean, we will also be remiss to, to not mention this in a group. The in O'Connells the, versus werewolves? The, the reason. Jonathan gets bit? I'm sorry. <laughs> I keep. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> there, uh, another reason why this movie is a lock for the Hall of Fame. And I would be remiss if we went the review without saying it. Mm. But the Universal Ride oh. is fucking Fuego. Hell yeah! <laughs> it's the Hell best. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm so happy you got you, we, you got to include that. Yeah. I would I would not talk about the villain more than I want to talk about the ride. Yeah, <laughs> we're already at like 56 minutes. Yeah, so. yeah, we're, we're at our we're at our limit. We. Watch it on HBO Max. Yes. Go to Florida for the only reason of going. Actually, don't yeah, fucking Florida. But get vaccinated, wear a mask, go to the Universal Studios, yes. ride that ride, then leave. Get the fuck yes. out of Florida. Get out of Florida. If you've seen The Mummy already, watch it again. Watch it again. Because, goddamn, I like it even more now. Hall of Fame movie. Yes. Hall uh, of Fame. Hall of Fame. Uh, okay. All right. And, oh, and also, Brandon Fraser's hair in this movie. Top glorious. notch. Top notch. Top notch. So Top good, notch hair. So fun to watch. Yeah. Um, but anyway, guys, that's the shoot. Bang, bang. Two guns like Rick O'Connell. Uh, as always, guys, uh, if you want to follow us, you can hit us up on Twitter at Movie Mayhem Pod. On Instagram at Movie Mayhem Podcast. Movie Mayhem Podcast at gmail.com. And if you want to buy a thing and something, go to tpublic.com backslash Movie Mayhem.cast uh, with yeah. a D. Yeah, or watch The Mummy. Or watch The Mummy. Just watch The Mummy it's instead. It's really good. It's very good. The, the defining adventure of the 90s. It is. And 1999, best year for movies. Best year. We'll see. Well, maybe. In November. <laughs> All right, later. Peace.